Welcome to God's Love Language, a podcast designed for Christian discipleship with emphasis on developing our relationship and fellowship with God. Now, here is our host, Joe Enlow. Hallelujah! Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. Greetings, and welcome back to God's Love Language with Joe Enlow. I am Joe. I hope you had a chance to listen to my last four episodes on relationships and fellowship. Those would be episodes 15 through 18. Those episodes, I explain why God ordained or created relationships and discuss why they are important to you. For 99% of you, it will be information that will change your life. Remember, there is no marriage in heaven. So I explain why it exists on earth and the importance of relationships and fellowship with God and other humans. Check them out. Today's episodes are numbers 19 and 20. I've released two of them on this day, and both are our follow-up interview with Anna Michael. If you have not heard our first interview with her, I would suggest that you go to episode 6 and listen to that first one, but it's not absolutely necessary that you do. Anna has now published her book of poems with the title, Let Be What Is, Poetry on the Way God Breaks, Heals, and Shapes Us. It is available by print-to-order, through Barnes & Noble and Amazon. So sit back and relax. If you have your copy of her book, follow along with us as we talk with Anna. Without further ado, is your friend and mine, Anna Michael. Yes, there she is. We have our own superstar, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. Here she is right here. How are you, Anna? Hello, everyone. I'm well. How are you, Joe? I'm doing good. I've been looking forward to this. You know, we, I know, me too. If we remember, we did our episode six. We did our first interview of you, uh, and yep. you and you and I met uh, actually at, at school, uh, yeah. on the online school. And uh, so yeah. here we are. And then back then you were you were talking about publishing, and and I was talking about publishing publishing a book of mine too. But mine's take way longer than than you did. It's like <laughs> I was kind of jealous when you did it in like months. It seemed no. <laughs> Well, I was already partway into the process when we started talking about it. So cut yourself some slack. It's not an easy project. Uh, well, it's only been 20 years, so I guess, you know, it, it should be coming yeah. to fruition pretty soon, I hope. <laughs> what's, a, what's a few more years? What's a few more months uh, or years? My, my problem is I'm going to school and learning new things. It's like, man, I need to add that. I need to add that. Yeah. I need to add that. It's like, man, when are you going to stop? So, but yeah. anyway, so one, has, it, has it transformed a lot recently? Uh, yes, it has. It's uh, okay. some of the things that I that I that I'm learning as I teach the podcast. It's like I learn new things. I'm going to school as I. Oh, it's like oh Lord, what's this got to stop sometime? But then again, I yeah. may be, I may have just trying to been rushing it, rushing it because I wanted to do it. But maybe the Lord still wanted me to develop it. So you know, I'm taking time yeah, and, and just doing it. So maybe. It, there is the timing it's, is still it's good. all in his timing. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. And you know, I, I said I wanted to publish poetry for like six years or something before I actually put a manuscript together. So sometimes it goes that way. Cool. How does it feel to be an author now? It feels great. Yeah. It's a little bit vulnerable. So you, you read the poems and you, you know how right. raw and from my soul, some of them are. And so that vulnerability, I think, at first felt a little uncomfortable for me as people started reading the book and and asking me about it and giving me feedback. I was like, oh my goodness, I, I just put my heart and soul out there. But now that I've, I'm a few months 
past the publishing date and I've gotten used to talking about it more and overall I've just loved sharing it and it's really given me um, an avenue to relate to people in a, in a kind of different way through writing. Um, so that's been really, really cool. I've had some really neat conversations come out of it and yeah, it's great. great. It feels good. Do you have you ever introduced yourself as uh, I'm an author? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do now. I actually, not very many people know this, but this isn't actually the first book I've written. I ah. wrote a book with that was on a totally not related subject with my employer, and it's on legal matters, so it's like totally boring in comparison with this. But <laughs> well, that's, um, that's cool. Yeah, but I so I had been introducing myself as a writer and an author for a little while in the professional sphere. But this is my first personal book. So, yeah. Well, cool. The closest I ever came was I helped do research. So I got okay. cred- I got credit at the front of the book that that's, as, a that gradu- gra- right, as a graduate assistant, I did all this research <laughs> for, the, for my professor. But that's close as I've come. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask you. Now, first of all, let's tell, let's tell our listeners what the title of your poem book is. is. Yeah. So it's called Let Be What Is, and the subtitle is Poetry on the Ways God Breaks, Heals, and Shapes Us. Okay, so Let Be What Is. How? What does that really mean? I was really having a difficult time titling this book. I had the manuscript all together, and I still didn't have a title for it. And I just kept thinking, I want something that is going to be short, and sweet and punchy and memorable, but also capture the contents of the book. Uh-huh. And a big theme for me in my life, and through, I think it's really woven into my writing, is the idea of acceptance. So accepting what God allows in your life, accepting life for, for being what it is, accepting yourself and other people for being broken and in need of grace and help. And it just kind of came to me one day as I was like thinking about the idea of acceptance and just kind of like letting it be okay wherever you're at, whatever you're dealing with, just letting it be and not, not fighting it, but embracing it with the Lord is really what I was trying to capture there. Okay. So yeah, I really didn't have like some special way that I came up with it. It just kind of came to me and I, I attribute the spirit with that. (laughs) Okay, good. So. Yeah, it was like, let be what is. It's like, mm-hmm. first thing that pops in my mind is, is that proper English? You know, from the old teachers. It's like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. When I first thought of it, I was like, okay, wait. Is this, could this actually be a sentence? <laughs> but it can. It is proper okay. English. I believe it. Okay. I, I, before I get to talk about the subtitle, you know, because I'm writing also, I wanted to ask you about, that self-publishing process. I know it's self-public. In mm-hmm. fact, that as I said, it's all it's published as you order it, correct? Yes. Yep. It's a print-on-demand. Okay. Well, did you uh, did you get advice about doing it that way? Are you just yeah. you saw the different things there, and you just kind of decided that's the way you wanted to go? How'd you how'd you reach that decision for well you know, help to help other people out there who think about writing books too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Self-publishing is becoming. Uh, a really big trend and I think there's pros and cons to traditional and self-publishing but for me um, 
I had had experience with self-publishing because I was responsible to publish the professional book my employer and I did through Ah, our company. And so I kind of, I learned a lot about the process when I did that. And so since I already knew how to do it, it was like, I I know I can do this and I can do it relatively quickly. So I decided to go that route. But for someone who has not had any experience, I think the pros of self-publishing are that you are totally in control. So you don't have the middleman of the publisher between you and the market. So it it costs more money up front to self-publish and you have to do the legwork of marketing it yourself, but you also get to make all of the decisions and stay in control instead of having a publishing house making decisions for you. Right. And you get to keep more of your royalties. Um, so those are, those are the big pros that people go for with self-publishing and if you know, once you know what you're doing, like I said, you can get your work to the market much more quickly than the traditional process um, of like getting a book deal and an agent and all those things. But the traditional publishing route is, it's much easier to kind of publish your book and then sit back and relax, if that makes sense, because they will do the marketing for you, right. whereas I do all mine on my own. So I think it just depends on like what kind of work you want to put in, what level of control you want to have, and there's pros and cons. So okay. if someone is looking to do it, I'd say do your own research, but those were the reasons that it worked for me. You wouldn't have any particular website that you would really recommend, would you? I would say if you're considering self-publishing, check out um, a website called Ingram Spark, I-N-G-R-A-M, spark.com. Okay. So that is the printing house that I use. They directly deal with Amazon and Barnes and Nobles and a lot of the big online bookstores. Okay. And so when somebody orders something through Barnes and Noble or Amazon, they kick it to Ingram Spark and accept the print on demand service. They just print oh. however many copies you order. Um, okay. But they have a lot of resources. They have a blog and I believe they have a podcast on self publishing. So they're a good, really good resource to learn from. Good deal. Is it, uh, I take it it's doing okay right now? It's doing well, yeah. Um, so I get a report once a month for like for a sales report. And I haven't gotten mine this month yet. But last I checked, it was doing really well, like more than I expected. Uh-huh. And I have I've not done a ton of marketing. I've mostly just put things up on my social media pages and people have, um, it's been a lot of word of mouth. So yeah, I'm just praying that the Lord gets it to the right people because I'm probably not going to put a lot of money or (laughs) time into marketing. Um, and I think God knows who needs to read it. And right. Exactly. And, and, And at the end of our podcast, we'll get that word they can go to your website or whatever it is that you have, your social media mm-hmm. sites, and we'll give that yep. at, the, at the end. Now, Perfect. let's get back to that subtitle. That's like, yeah. That subtitle, it's what? Poetry on the way God breaks, heals, and shapes us. Is that mm-hmm. is uh, is that coming from an instructional point? Are they like teaching, or does it come from an experience point, or is it like a combination of both? I think I would say it's a combination of both. And to start with the easy part, the instructional part, 
I believe that biblically, when we study scripture, particularly the New Testament, we find that believers follow on the same track as Christ, as our example. And I think throughout our lives, we go through these seasons of death, burial, and resurrection. And, and I think, you know, when we talk about salvation, too, like Romans talks about salvation being we were dead to sin, or we're, we were dead, but then Christ made us alive in Him. And so on a bigger scale of salvation and, and then growing in Christ, there's the death to the old way that we used to live, and now we have new life in Christ. Right. But then just in everyday living, too, I think God takes us through seasons of breaking, which I kind of equated with the, the death idea, and then the healing, and then after he heals us and reestablishes us, there's this shaping and growing and now that we've gone through that difficult experience we can be shaped to be more like him or go deeper with him so that was the idea behind that but I've also experienced that in my life and I would say on a large scale I would say that I had a childhood where I really learned about who God was and I learned a lot of scripture and believed God and was raised in a Christian home and all of that, but I, God brought me to a very low point of what I would call my biggest breaking point in my life uh, when I was 20. And after bringing me through that, He has been healing and, and now shaping me as I've walked forward with Him since then. And then in just different seasons of my life, I, like I said, I've experienced this on more of like a micro scale. Like maybe I have a season where I'm really, really struggling, but after the struggle, the Lord brings more healing and then uses it to shape me more into a woman who's being used by him. So, and I can get into the detail of that more, but that's, that's kind of what you thought process behind the subtitle. Kind of the, the heart of that, where that came from. Yeah. And, yeah. And I, and I, you know, some Christians think that once you become a Christian, life gets pretty easy, <laughs> but it's, it kind, of the, like it's kind of the opposite. It's like Sometimes God, it it's, gets harder. <laughs> exactly. It does. God breaks us down and he takes the ugly stuff out of us and puts in new yeah. stuff. And, and some of that, you know, is, is a lot of discipline we have to go through and it's like, Oh, yeah. mercy. Yeah. I thought this was supposed to be but easy. It's a, it's a loving discipline exactly. and, and it always ends. I think another really important point to make is that the breaking, if we're surrendered to him, the breaking always ends in deeper healing and a more beautiful shaping of us to be more who we are made to be in him. So it's always worth it. Amen. Well said. Also, and let me mention real quick that the artwork, that was done. I was, it's like, man, that's pretty yeah. nice. I appreciate that. Going yeah. I have a local, a local friend here who's an artist and we had done a couple of like, she drew some things for some poems just for fun before I even had the manuscript together. And then I was like, man, it's so cool to have art to represent it. So we, we did it together and it was really fun. Yeah. 
It, it does. It looks like Fani. She she looks. It was a she. I take it right. Did you say? Yes. I did it. Yeah. She she did very well. It's like you look at that, and I find myself looking at it and studying it, saying, "Yeah, wow, that's that's cool." That I can see how that fit. And where she, I, I'm actually thinking, why would she have drawn something like that? According to this poem, but according to what you just said, it may have already existed. And you put the poem to the to the illustration in some cases. No, she no? she did. It was always the other way around. So I would oh, give okay. her a poem, and I would like explain my thought okay. process and meaning behind it. And then she would draw something that she felt represented. Okay. It. That's even better. That's even what I like. Yeah. Better. I noticed that while reading it, it, it looked like it started out fairly heavy. It's like, Whoa, this is, this is some deep stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of transitioned to overcoming. It's kind of the way the title went is it like, it, it, it's like the breaking stuff was up front and then there was some healing going on in the middle, and then the, the shaping and the good stuff seemed to. I mean, I, it's not definitely like that, but it, it just kind of hit my spirit. It's like that's the yeah. way it was kind of structured. Is that did I get that right, or am I just yes. imagining things? You caught on, though. I structured <laughs> it that way on purpose. <laughs> good deal. Yeah, yeah, I did, and you know, it's funny because I think. After I published it, I realized, like, man, when people start out, they're going to get all the heavy stuff and be like, whoa, this is dark and too heavy. But I think I put it together that way because I wanted it to reflect the idea of the breaking and the death and the crucifixion and the low point have to come before God can bring us healing and before he can shape us. And I think many, 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 many times we have to be humble before the Lord can exalt us. And I think that's a biblical principle and it's just a natural way of things in this world. And so, yeah, I started with the heavy stuff first and then it ends on more of a note of like, I'm, I'm changed and I'm different than I was at the beginning and God is shaping me and using all of this brokenness and darkness that I started out in to really create, recreate me into who I'm meant to be. Okay. And so what do you hope that your readers will gain from your book? I think I hope a few different things. I, on a more, I guess, surface level, I really wanted to create poetry that was both profound and still easy to read and understand. So my first hope was just that people would enjoy reading poetry that is well-written but not necessarily complicated or um, really confusing language Um, because I think there's a lot of poetry that is really, really deep but it's so hard to understand that you can't really get to to what it's saying. So I was like, I just want people to enjoy this poetry and relate to it as an art form. And then on a deeper level, I really hope that whoever reads this can find themselves in it. Mm-hmm. I think I think that I really tried to express things that are common to the human experience. And even though they were written out of my personal experiences, I don't think I'm that different from any other human who has struggled with life and themselves and other people in this world. And so I just, I hope that it could be a source of comfort and for someone to feel like, oh, I'm not alone in this and 
that it would be something people can relate to and be reminded that Christ is in all that. Even the mm-hmm. lowest, lowest, lowest moments, he is there sitting with us in our suffering. Mm-hmm. And he's really, he's doing something with it. It's not purposeless. Amen. So, kind of multi-layered, but that's yeah. what I would hope for. I, and I could sense that in your in your poem. So, I really like, and I, that's why I really wanted to have you back after I read that. It's like, yeah, we got to talk about this. this yeah, some good yeah. Stuff. Thanks, Joe. Thank you for listening to this first part of our interview with Anna Michael. In part two, which is episode 20, Anna will read my favorite poem from her book, and she will discuss in more detail the reason and experiences that led to her writing the poems. Thank you for listening to today's teaching. If you would like more information about our podcast and subject matter, or if you would like to leave a comment, go to godslovelanguage.com or you may email joe at jnlo at godslovelanguage.com.